Good evening, gentlemen. Welcome back. We get together once again at the end of another beautiful, amazing, wonderful week. Uh, another Thursday night, another get-together for Rabbi Aronson's delicious, super... Unbelievable. Unbelievable knockout challenge. Thank you, Rabbi Aronson. Thank you very much for the match. And... Uh, and uh, Another amazing Parsha coming up. We will give a random applause for the Baisham, but he's Michael on the applause. But thank you, Akash Baruch, for Parsha's Bai. So we're getting together for Parsha's Bai tonight. And uh, Bai, that of course, uh, ran at all the Makas. I wouldn't, it's not, you know, we can't say it's a conclusion of a trilogy because Bai kind of goes into Bishalach, which sort of goes into Yisrael. But in terms of the, you know, the Makas, the Makas are foretold in Shemais, begin of Eiro, and, and ramp themselves up in Bai. And this is the time to maybe, um, now that we have the final three Makkas in Parsha's Boy, the final three out of, this, out of the ten, to pick up on, on some consistencies, inconsistencies, patterns and discrepancies, which, which have to be noted, and you've got to figure out what to do with them. Um, Rashi tells us already that, that in the ten Makkas, there were some Makkas that came without warning. Now we know some, some of the Makkas came with that warning to Paro. And in fact, it was every third Makkah came with that warning. And Rashi, Rashi already points us out in Parshas Vo'era last week. Every third Makkah came without any warning to the Rebbeinah Shalom. Oh, well, you should be good bench, Benny. Ashkayach, this one is be good bench with the brachas. Yeah. Every third Makkah came with that warning. Okay. Um... And that means he was given a warning. Paro let them out or else. Omaka comes, he, he, he takes the or else option. Um, second time around, another warning, let them out or else. Again, Paro takes the or else. Third time, every third Maka, it's decided in Shemayim. He already didn't listen twice, so the third Maka isn't going to come without any warning. And we see that pattern every third Maka. <clears throat> Svardeya, I'm sorry, Zarkinim, uh, Barad, and Choyshech which is the third, sixth, and ninth Makkah, they all come with that warning. The first two of, 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 of those three, meaning Makkah's one, two, five, and six, and seven, and uh, one, two, four, and five, seven, and eight, come with a warning. Maisha approaches Paro together with Aaron. Shalach ami v'yavduni, kim atam mo'in l'shaleach, if you're going to refuse something that. So this is what's going to happen. The first two Makkahs, after the third, they always come with a warning. Okay? So, Dom Tzvardeya, Arav and Dever, and uh, Arba and Barad, those come with a warning. That's a pattern that, that is uh, very uh, obvious and uh, discernible. When we take a step further, there's something that doesn't seem to be so consistent, and that is, in what manner does the warning come? How is Paro warned? And here and there, there are certain makas, and we find this already starting in Parashas Vo'era, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe, go greet Paro by the river. Go greet him by the Nile. Go find him at the Nile, Moshe, that's where you're going to find him. And, um, excuse me, tell him to let the Yidin out. Tell him to let the Yidin out. By the very first Makkah, <clears throat> that's what is told to Moshe to, to, uh, 
you know, how to, how to um, locate Paro. Um, Parshas Vaera Perik Zayin Pasuk Yedad Vaim Rashi Mamaisha Kavid Leifar Meim Lashalcham Paros I see he's really stubborn this guy Leichal Paro Baiker Go to him in the morning He na Yotze Hamaima He's going to be out by the river He's going to be bathing in the river That's where you're going to find him He's after the cross of Asfas Hayor You'll find him in the river You want to find Paro You got to go track him down to give him a warning You know where you're going to find Paro You're going to find him bathing in the river So that's what Moshe's told That's where he's going to find Paro Why is Paro in the river? Why is he in the river? <coughs> so Rashi says, what he says, we'll get to that in a moment. But what's interesting is, not by every mak as Moshe told this, but this isn't the only place where he's told this. Sometimes Hashem tells Moshe, go find Parah by the river. And sometimes he doesn't tell him, go find him by the river. The very next mak, it's Fardaya. He's not told this. This is Perik design after after them. Boyo Paro. Go go to Paro. Boyo Paro. Doesn't say get up early in the morning. Lechal Paro Baboiker by by Dam. Get up early in the morning. Paro is he's hanging out in, by the Nile early in the morning. That's Dam by Tzvardeya. No, go find Paro. Go to his Paris palace presumably, and tell him Koyim Hashem Shachos Amivi If you refuse, Hinei Anochi Negev is called Gvucha Batzvardim. <clears throat> we have um, Dever again. Vayim Rasham Amaisha. Boyo Paroi. Go to Paro. Go find Paro. Dibarta Elov. Go speak to him. Again, Shalcha Mivi Abduni Kiimon Atul Shalech Vaytucha Machzikvam Hine Yad Hashem Hoya B'Miknecha Asher Basode Bachamoyim Begemalim Babaker. Good. Again, no mention of going to find him by the river. By Dam, he told specifically. There's a, <coughs> an emphasis in the pasuk given uh, on this. Go in the morning and find him by the river. Other Makkas, he's not told that. But lest we think Dam was the only time that that happened. No, there's other Makkas that he's also told to go find him by the, by the Yeor. By Arayv, working backwards. Pereches, Pasuk, Tezayin. Vayimra Hashem HaMoshe. Hashkein Baboiker. Get up in the morning. V'hisyatsev lifnei Faroi. Stand before Paroi. Hina Yotzei HaMaima. Again, by Arayv. Again, Hashkein Baboiker. Get up early in the morning. Go early in the morning. Where is Parang at early in the morning? That's when he's making his morning trip out to the river. And then tell him, and if you don't, I'm going to send Esha Oroif. This is a little funny. Again, and this Rashi doesn't, doesn't really address the idea that every two Makas came with a warning. And the third was without a warning. One, two with a warning. Three without a warning. Four and five with a warning. Number six without a warning. Seven and eight with a warning. Number nine without a warning. That's Again, we see that pattern right away. Rashi tells us that pattern. But what's the pshat? That there's a, a discrepancy over here as to when and how the warning comes. Sometimes Moshe is told, get up early in the morning, go find Paro by the Yor. And, and sometimes it's called, Boyo Paro, which again, presumably means to the Paris, palace. And that's this week's parsha. Boy begins, the Boy of Boy is about the other type of warning. Boyo Paro, which Pashas means find him where, 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 where uh, he is hanging in his, in his, in his uh, chambers. Doesn't say anything about getting up early. Doesn't say anything about the yard. Here, in the, the Parsha's boy opens off with the warning about Arbe. Go, go to Paro. Go find Paro. Again, not by the river, not early in the morning, but presumably in his throne room. <clears throat> what? Uh, we'll, we'll see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. 
Let's see. Um, so, uh, what's the pshat that sometimes they go to the river, sometimes they go, don't go to the river? Well, what's the pshat in, in, in the differences, the discrepancies in where the warning comes and in, in, in the form that the warning that the hasra comes in? Uh, so, uh, that's one question. Leaving that aside for the moment, it's interesting that Rashi, although Rashi doesn't pick up on that pattern for us it, um, explicitly, Rashi does tell us what, what the Peshat is. Why is it that Paro is going out to the river every morning? Um, why is it that, Ra- that, 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 that Paro makes his daily morning trip as part of his morning ritual? He shows up in the river. He goes down to the Ur. Where is that coming from? So Rashi in Vo'era tells us that uh, how does the Rebbein Shalom know that he's going to, is guaranteed to find Paro early in the morning, you know, by, by Nates. This is what he was doing by, by, by Nates. Everyone's still sleeping. The Paro, Nates Acham, he's already out there in the Ur. Why is he going early in the morning to the Ur? So says Rashi, the, the Soida Dvarim, the secret was, Paro presented himself as a deity, as a god. Uh, he had to disguise the fact that he had to go to the bathroom. He had to relieve himself. He had to maintain, you know, his bodily functions. He had to let his, he had to, had to have his intestines, his bowels, had to, had to have regular movements to clear his system. So, so that, you know, gods don't do that. He had to just disguise that. It would be inconvenient. Uh, kind of a, 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 an inconvenient fact to have to share with people that, you know, I'll be back in, be back in 20 minutes. Anybody have the sports section? If he has to start sharing that with people, that's going to be rather inconvenient. You know, that, that kind of gives him away as not being a god. So he had to cloak and disguise the fact that he's not a god. So every morning, early in the morning, he leaves to go to the bathroom. So that's how we know that we're going to find him by the bathroom. Agav, let's shift sideways for a moment. It's interesting <clears throat> that, um, you know, of all the activities, of all the activities that um, Paro seems to need to disguise in presenting himself as a god, the one activity he, that we're told by Chazal that he has to disguise is that of bodily functions, having to go to the bathroom. We're not told that he disguised anything else. We're not told that when it was time for lunch, so Paro would hide somewhere and have a burger. And when it was time for supper, Paro would sneak out to a room somewhere, he'd go take a walk in the field, you know, and take out a, take out a, take out a, you know, Reisman's brandy bar or something from inside of his robes, take out a slice of pizza. We're not told that Pyro disguised anything else. I mean, you know, human beings have to do a lot of things. Human beings have to eat. To go to the bathroom, it's true. They also have to have to eat. <clears throat> if they don't eat, they die. Gods presumably don't have to eat. The Chazal don't tell us that Paro was interested in disguising anything else, that Paro needed to, to, to hide anything else from his, from his um, subjects, from the country. The one thing that he had to hide, and where Moshe knew he could happen when he wanted to happen, was going to the bathroom. Interesting that other mortal activities, other hanhagas of Basar Vadam, were not told that Paro hid. The only one that he had to hide was um, that of having to go to the bathroom. That's also something that's interesting that Paro had to hide this. Maybe let's also leave that on the side. So the two horrors that we have so far is that, hey, what's the pshat in this discrepancy? Sometimes Paro is, I mean, Paro, every morning, we're told Paro every morning is there by the bathroom. Is, 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 there, is there in the Nile taking care of his, uh, you know, uh, re, re, relieving himself, taking care of his, his uh, um, excretory needs. He does that every morning. And we're guaranteed we know every morning we're going to find Paro there. Yet sometimes... In those six out of the nine makas that Moshe is giving him a heads up, Moshe is told, find him by the Nile. 
And sometimes Moshe is told, Boyal Paro, go into his palace. What's Pshat? Sometimes he finds him by the Nile, sometimes he doesn't find him by he's not told Dafka to find him by the Nile, taking care of his needs. And also, yeah, we know he goes to, to the Nile to, 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 uh, to disguise the fact that he's not really a god. Why is he not interested in disguising anything else? Why are there no other activities that he needs to disguise? We're not told that he needed, that he kept his eating a secret from everyone. Because I'll never say that anywhere. So maybe two questions maybe to use to <coughs> examine all the makas overall. Um, Let's get back to the first question. First question being, what's the pshat in this inconsistency? Sometimes by the Nile, sometimes but not by the Nile. So, Lamaisa, which makas specifically? Maybe let's start with that. Which makas is Moshe told to go find Paro by the Yor? Which makas are there? So we already pointed at two, actually. That's Dam. By Dam, the first maka, Moshe is told, Lechel Paro ba boiker hina hamaima. Go to Paro in the morning, he's there by the water. By Dam, and by Aroiv, he's also told this. By Aroiv, he's told. By Emr Hashem Amisha, Hash came by Biker again. Get up early in the morning. When you get up early in the morning, that's what Paro is going to find. Paro by the Or. The Hisyatzev Lefnei Faro, stand before Paro. Go present yourself with a with a shtolz, with the confidence to Paro. He neyotze hamaimo. So that the, by by Dam, which is the first Mako, and by Aroiv, which is the fourth Mako, we find that he went out to the water. And by, we pointed by Tfardet, it just says, Bayo Paroi, <clears throat> second Maka, go, go to Paro. By Dever, which is the fifth Maka, go to Paro. By Arba, which is the eighth Maka, and this week's Parsha, just go to Paroi. What about the seventh? By, uh, um, <clears throat> the, the seventh Maka. The seventh Maka. The first Maka, he's told, find Paro by the river. The fourth Maka, Oroi, he's told, find Paro by the river. What about the seventh, which is Boroth, Boroth? So what is it by Barod? Barod says something very interesting by Barod. Now let's see what the Eilam has to say. It says something that it's not explicit one way or the other, but it's implicit how Moshe was supposed to give power Hasro when it comes to Barod. Um, Pazzi says like this, the end of Vo'eira, Perek tes pasuk yud gimel vayemer Hashem amayisha hashkein baboiker get up early in the morning v'hisyatzel lifnei faroi and stand defiantly in front of faroi get up early in the morning and stand in front of faroi so what does that sound like by all the other makas where he was just told to approach power in his palace doesn't doesn't say hashkein doesn't say hashkein baboiker never gets up early in the morning. When does Moshe get up early in the morning? When is, he being, when is he always told to get up early in the morning? When he's told to find Paro where? At the Yor. The only time he's ever told to get up early in the morning is when he's going to find Paro by the river because that's where Paro is early in the morning. If you're getting up early in the morning, go speak to Paro. That means you're going to the Yor. That's what it says by Dam. Hashkim Baboiker. That's what it says by Oro. Hashkim Baboiker. And by the other markers, it just says Bayo Paro. Bayo Paro doesn't say anything about Hashkim. doesn't say anything about Baboiker. No Hashkim and no Baker. By Barod, the seventh Mako, we have Hashkim Babaiker of Hisyatsev. Hisyatsev is the same uh, Lashen we also have by, by uh, Arav when he's told to get up early in the morning. Hisyatsev means to stand defiantly in front of a Paro who's like, you know, messing around in the river who doesn't want to be seen. Hisyatsev, stand with a Stolt, stand with the confidence, stand defiantly. The Torah is, Lachayro, very 
much mashma, and it's clear implicitly over here, that Barad as well was done by the Yor. The Hasra, the warning for Barad, the seventh mark, is also by the Yor. Everyone here? Hashkim Babaiker. Hashkim Babaiker, Hashkim Babaiker. Get up early in the morning. That's what Parah is early in the morning. Which means, in Kainamadvarim, Lukhara, another pattern is emerging over here. Rashi does tell us that every third Makkah there was no warning. The first two there was a warning. One, two, there's a warning. Third, there's no, three, there's no warning. Four, five, warning. Six, there's no warning. Seven, eight, there's a warning. Nine, there's no warning. But yet another parent does emerge within the warnings that the first of every three was Dafka by the Yor. Number one was by the Yor. Number four was by the Yor. And number seven was by the Yor. So something interesting does emerge over here. It's certainly not arbitrary. Certainly not haphazard. Rather, something, there is some kind of a cheshman going on. Dafka, the first Mako, is always given to Paro by the Or specifically. That's where the first Mako out of every three is given. And, moving further, every three Makos is really a set. And we discussed this in previous years. We've gone into this in depth. So we're not, maybe not going to do that this year. But, but um, we have noted in the past, the Svar Makadoshim say, that it wasn't shot there was ten Makos so much as there was three sets of three. Three sets of three and then the grand, grand finale Makos Bukhars. And Chazal themselves also really say this. Um, we say in the Haggadah, Rabbi Yehuda HaYanoisim Behem Simonim, Tetzach Adash Bachav. Right? Tetzach Adash Bachav. I'm going to see someone. Uh, okay, all right. Nobody, nobody fell for it. In, pre, in other years, people have done that. By Mishmor. Tetzach Adash Bachav. So what does it mean? Everybody wants to know. Rabbi Yehuda HaYanoisim Behem Simonim. Shkayach. Anyone can make some money. What, what's this? What's the kunz? What's the grace of glick? What's this? What's the, what's, what's the significance of Rabbi Yehuda making these simanim? The tachadash b'achav, what he just made Rashi Tevis. So the Svarma Kadeshim say, what Rabbi Yehuda is saying is that there weren't ten makas, there were three sets of three. And each set of three was like a self contained <clears throat> set of oinshim of punishments, which was supposed to push the Yidin out of Mitzrayim, which was supposed to get Paro to, to listen. It didn't work, so we have to repeat it. But jack it up. Jack it up a notch. Do, the, do it again. And he doesn't listen to the second set. We do it again and jack it up a notch. Each set it was a full shleima, a, a full set, a full system of, of makas that come in triplets. <clears throat> so there's really three sets of three. Dom Akinim is one set of makas. Arab Dever, Shchin is repeating the makas again on a higher level. And, and um, Barad, Arab Echoyshech is repeating the makas again on a higher level. Okay? That's the Tach Adash Ba'achav. And Yemakas Bechiris is like the, the king of all the Makas, the grand finale. That's if he doesn't listen to all three sets. So we have to give him something very awful and very terrible. So armed with that, if we work with that, so something very interesting here comes to light. It's not the Peshat that some of the Makas were given by, the, the warning was given by the Yor. And it's not even the Peshat that the first, the fourth, and the seventh were given by the Yor. Shad is rather, every time we're starting the Makas over again, we have to find power by the Yor. Every time we start the Ma'arechas, the system, a set, the full set, again, you didn't listen to the first set, okay, we're going to up the ante, the second set, up the ante again, a third set, we always have to start by the Yor. Makas have to start off by the Yor, by the Nile. But why is that? So something is beginning to emerge over here when we, when we analyze all this information, we crunch all the numbers, we put the data through the processor, Something very interesting emerges, and that is each set of makas has to begin by the or. And so the question is going to be, so why, why that specifically? Why is that where all the makas have to start? 
So Teretz is like this. The Makkas were not just about getting Klyasrol out of Mitzrayim. Makkas were not about getting Klyasrol out. There was a lot of different Toyelis and a lot of different objectives, a lot of different goals, and a lot of different agendas going on behind the scenes by all the Makkas. Part of them, the agenda was to punish Mitzrayim, was to get Klyasrol out. That Hashem should be displayed. That's definitely part of it. But a large part of the whole Mareches, the system of the Makis, was there to be Machnia Paro, to take down Paro's Gaiva, to take Paro, who was the premier Bal Gaiva, and to break his Gaiva. We have to break Paro's haughtiness, we have to break his pride, and we have to get Paro, the king of the Bale Gaiva. The, 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 the mother and the father and the master of all the, 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 the most prideful of all people, we have to get him to be nichna, to humble himself before the Rebbeinah Shalom. We have to break his gaiva. That's part of the goal of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, is to break that gaiva. And Paro is certainly presented as a bal gaiva par excellence, the premier Baal Gaiva, the king of Gaiva, all the way throughout the Makkas, this is very clear. And it's clear that that Gaiva has to be broken. And in fact, what we're going to have next week, Emir Tashem, Shabashiro, Ashir Lashem, Ki Ga'oi Ga'a. The opening line of Az Yashir, Ashir Lashem, Ki Ga'oi Ga'a. So Uncle says over there, what are we saying in Ga'oi Ga'a? Hashem is misgoa. Hashem is prouder than the proudest, than the biggest Bali Gaiva, the Gaiva, real Gaiva is truly Hashem's. True pride and true Gaiva really belongs to Hashem. Anything else is 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 um is a lie. Anything else is sheker. Anything else is Untrue. Ki when do we see Hashem as Goi When Hashem finally topples Paro, but more than that, when Paro submits himself, humbles himself as Nichna to Hashem. So a lot of what's going on by the Makkas and Mitzrayim is Paro having to be Nichna to the Rebbeinu Shalalim. Paro was the biggest Baal Gaiva of his day. Paro was the biggest prideful, uh, haughty, and... and um, and uh, self-absorbed person in existence, and his Malchus, his kingdom, stood for that Gaiva. The kingdom always stands for what the leader stands for. The leader stands for Gaiva, it's the kingdom of Gaiva. And Lamaisi, you see this again and again and again through, throughout all the Makkas. It's interesting, and almost to the point of it being a pillow. How many times over the course of the Makkas is the power this close to letting the Yidden go? This close. This close. He says mm-hmm. in, in, in Parashas Boy, and Parshas Va'era, rather, he says, okay, Maisha, you're, you're right, this is not a good idea, this is not a good move that I'm making for myself, for my country, you guys can go. Miva mi'ahochem, who wants to go? Who, who wants to go? So what does Maisha say back? We're going to go with the men, we're going to go with the elders, we're going to go with the animals. Every single time that we have this dialogue, Parshas says back, Parshas starts making conditions and qualifications, he says, no, you know, I'm sorry, Maisha, you can go, but the old guys have to stay behind. You can go, but the kids have to stay behind. You can go, but the animals have to stay behind. He says in Vo'ira. The animals have to stay behind. 
And the animals have to stay behind. They told Pyro, we're going to sacrifice to God. Are you going to leave the animals behind? What are you going to sacrifice? Every single time, Pyro is this close to letting them go. And he says, Moshe, who's going to go? Who's going to go? Moshe says, Everyone's going to go. And Pyro says, no, the kids can't go. The little kids can't go. What's the big deal? If he's this close to letting them go. He's about to let them go. He wants to let them go. Terem of the Mitzrayim. He sees the Mitzrayim is about to be destroyed. So let everybody go. What's the big deal? He has to hold out for the kids, for the, for the animals, for the elders. Pirates just let everybody go. What's the big deal? Teretzis. This is the Gaiva of Paro. This is what a Baal Gaiva really is. What's a Baal Gaiva? What's the epitome? What's the uptitch? What's the real definition of a Baal Gaiva? And what's the real parameter with a Baal Gaiva? A Baal Gaiva... It's interesting, <clears throat> is um, Chazal tell us, Chazal tell us that a Baal Gaiva is someone who is Doiche Ragli Ashkina. He pushes away the presence of God. The Gemara Saita says that a Baal Gaiva, someone who's very haughty, someone who's very prideful, someone who believes too much in himself, Pushes the Shechina out of creation. Pushes the Shechina away. And the Gemara says that Hashem, so to speak, looks at this Baal Gaiva. And Hashem says, There's, There isn't enough room in this universe for both of us. This room, the universe isn't big enough for both of us. For both of us. It says Hashem to the Baal Gaiva. What does it mean? The universe is not big enough for Hashem and the Baal Gaiva. The Baal Gaiva pushes away the, the Ragle Ashkina. What was that supposed to mean? That the Baal Gaiva can't coexist with God. God can't coexist with the prideful person, the person who, who is haughty. Well, why, 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 what's the problem with that? The Territ says, what's the Yesoid of a Baal Gaiva? Guy who uh, 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 has too much Gaiva, too much pride, too much hubris, is someone who, A, cannot be imperfect, cannot have any flaws. There can't be anything the matter with him. There can't be anything that he lacks. The Baal Gaiva can't do anything wrong. Can't get less than 100 on a test. Can't Throw an interception. Can't take criticism. And can't yield to anyone else's ideas. If a Baal Gaiva has to give in to someone else's ideas, then he's flawed by definition. He's lacking something. He's missing something. There's a problem with him. If he has to give in to someone else's terms, he has to submit to someone else's terms, it means, oh, you must have had a better idea than I had. You must have had a better plan than me. You must be able to see things that I can't see, and that means that I'm flawed. That means that I'm not perfect. That means that I'm chaser. I'm lacking something. If I have to give in to your terms. A Baal Gaiva, he always calls the shots. He always sets the terms. And even when you, you submit a very good proposal, a very good plan, the Baal Gaiva's going to have to take it and, and tweak it and adjust it and change it and say, oh, oh, that's a nice idea, but we have to do it this way. Just for the sake of putting his own stamp on it, just for the sake of personalizing it, just for the sake of making it his. Why does he have to do that? It could be you gave him a wonderful idea. But if he works with your wonderful idea, it means he's, he's flawed, he's chaser, he's lacking something. And a Baal Gaiva, the epitome of a Baal Gaiva, someone who is that prideful person who's gone out of control, is someone who is unable to, incapable of admitting that he has anything the matter with him, any flaws, anything that's chaser, anything that's lacking, anything that could be better. Everybody got that? That's why Pyro can't let them out of Mitzrayim. That's why Pyro, every time 
when he sees his country's going to pot, it's falling to pieces, it's falling apart. He says to Moshe, okay, Moshe, I'm willing to talk. I'm willing to negotiate. You can, you can take everybody out. You know, it's going to tear him off the Mitzrayim. Neva mi ahochem. It's all a pretext for Paro to change the terms. He can't let them out on Moshe's terms. He can't let them out with Moshe's proposal because then he's giving in. He's submitting. If he's submitting, there's a problem with him. I'm chaser. Your idea is, is, is the best idea, is the right idea. No, 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 Moshe. Ha, that, that's a nice idea that you have, but you know what? The animals have to stay here. The, the zakanim have to stay here. The katanim have to stay here. And then it becomes Paro's plan. Then it becomes Paro's proposal. Then it becomes Paro's idea. And Paro's calling the shots. Paro, Paro's setting the terms. He's not giving in to anyone. He can't give in to anyone. And this why it's I'm Chappelle, but you see, so many times he's, he's prepared to let them go, but for some arbitrary detail, whether it's the, the cattle or the elders or the youngers, the younglings, the youth, no, you can't do it. A Baal Gaiva at his worst, a Baal Gaiva at its worst, a Baal Gaiva at their worst is someone that can't admit fault and can't admit they're wrong and by definition can't admit that someone else is not only right, someone else has a, a nice idea, has a good plan, and can't work on anyone else's terms. Can't work on anyone else's terms. <clears throat> he's, he's perfect and he's in, incapable of being imperfect. He's flawless, he's incapable of being flawed. Shalem, incapable of being chaser. This is a Baal Gaiva. And this is why the Gemara says that the Rebbe looks at the Baal Gaiva and says, we can't live in the same universe. You're pushing me out of the, you push the Shekhinah out of, out of creation. Why? Because there's only one entity that's really Shalem, that's perfect and cannot be imperfect, that's flawless and incapable of being flawed. There's only one thing in creation that can't be imperfect, and that's the Rebbe The only thing that really is always calling the shots, always sets the terms, and is totally perfect and can't make any mistakes is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Balgaiva is competing with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Balgaiva is presenting himself as competition. You know, I also can't make any mistakes. It's true, Rebbe Hashem, you can't make mistakes, but you know what? Did you know that you're in good company, Hashem? God, you're in a good company. I, 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 I'm just, I also can't make any mistakes. I, I'm also perfect. I'm also flawless and incapable of being flawed. And you see, you know, when people come and give me plans, their plans is always, I always find, I'm always, I'm, I'm a genius at finding the problem with everybody's plans. Because no one can make plans like I make plans. I can always find the prem. That, yeah, that's very good. But you should do it like this. You should do it like this. Episode Kanesha over here, Kanesha over there. Me and you, Rebbeinu Shalaylam, we're both perfect. Baruch Hashem. We never have to apologize to anyone. Baruch Hashem. We never have to say I'm sorry to anyone. Baruch Hashem. Because, you know, who, who says, who are those people, Nebuch, that have to say I'm sorry? People that have what to apologize for. People that are imperfect. People that can make mistakes. Baruch you know, that's not, that's not me. I, I, I never, I don't have that pram because I don't make mistakes. I never have to apologize to anyone. The Baal Gaiva pushes away the Shechina. The Baal Gaiva is doich the Ragle Shechina. Baal Gaiva <coughs> is someone who is competition with God himself. Because at the Shoirish, at the core of the Baal Gaiva, he's saying he's perfect and he can't be imperfect. He's flawless and he can't be flawed. And this is Paro Lashitasai all the way through. This is why Paro always has to be on his terms. And Paro always has to be the one calling the shots. And this is why, Agav, Paro has to be the one Dafka to send out Klai Yisrael. What do we keep telling Paro all the way through the Makkas? Shalach ami v'yavduni, shalach ami v'yavduni, shalach ami v'yavduni. Rahi b'shalach Paro, next week's Paro. Paro, 
you got to send everybody out. Why do we care? Why does Par have to be the one to send everybody out? Interesting question. Why can't we just destroy Mitzrayim and let all the Yidin walk out? <coughs> Maka after Maka after Maka after Maka. I mean, Mitzrayim is in pretty bad shape, right? Par is in pretty bad shape. So just destroy all of Mitzrayim. Let the whole Mitzrayim go up in some big, glorious mushroom cloud. Let all the Yidin walk out. That's not good enough. Over and over and over again, we see what? Shalach is Ami Viyavdi. Paro, send everybody out. Let my people go. Why does Paro have to be involved? It's a good question. It's a basic question. That even when they finally left, and next week's Parsha, when they finally go, the Tertzel says, B'Shalach Paro Sa'am. It came to pass when Paro sent everybody out. Paro finally was B'Shalach. Why do we need Paro? Forget about Paro. Paro, you're such an action. You're so stubborn. So just let, let's walk right over Paro. Walk over him. Beat him down to the ground. Everybody just walk right over Paro. No, no, no. Paro has to be a mishaleach. Paro has to send everybody. Why? A chela gadol, a chela choshev of the whole system is Paro being nichna. Paro, the gaiv of Paro submitting to the gaiv of the Rebbeinu He has to submit himself, he has to give in, and everyone has to see that. <clears throat> And, and uh, again, you, you, you see, um, um, you could skip around through the Marcus and see where we see this, but um, um, if you refuse to be Mishalech, then, um, I'm looking for another Lushen where it's, again, where we see this idea that it's about Paro refusing to give in, Paro refusing to submit, but, but you see this again in, in this idea of Shalach Ami Viyavduni. Paros, send everyone. Send them. Send them out. Send them out. Vayib B'Shalach Parosom. Finally, Paros sends everyone. Why do we need Paros to send? Why does Paros have to be involved? Teretz is, Yitzhiya Zitzrayim in the Old Marcus is not just about, not just about punishing Egypt. It's not just about Amuna. It's not just about Bitochen. It's about all those things. But it's about that Ki Ga'oi Ga'o Hashem is more geya on the biggest baligaiva, destroying, breaking the gaiva paro, and showing everyone that this idea that paro has, that he is the most haughty, he's in charge, he is <clears throat> a, a, a god in of him itself, and he is perfect, he is flawless, he calls the shots, that has to be broken. And how do we break that? By having him be nichna takarish baruch, who has to submit himself to the authority of Hashem. And that's part of what's going on with Yitzhiya Sitzrayim. He has to submit himself to the authority of Hashem. He doesn't call, set the, shot, set, set the terms, he's not calling the shots. He has to be totally mavat himself to Hashem's terms, Hashem's ideas and Hashem's plan. And then he's nichnat HaKadosh Baruch and he has submitted his gaiva and, 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 and broken his will and submitted to the, the geus of HaKadosh Baruch He no longer is calling the shots anymore. And throughout the Malkas, he's constantly persisting in that. This is what the Makas are be'etzim about. The Makas be'etzim are about taking Paro, who says, Li'a yo'or sisini. The Nile is mine. I made the river. I made myself. I made the whole world. He claims to be a god. He claims to be perfect. And the Makas are there to show the world that, no, 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 you have to be nichna to the Rebbeinu Shalom. And again, there's a, we see this over as we bring countless riots to this. There's just one, one Lushan that I was looking for um, where... where uh, this is Mamash spoken out again, but again, it's, it's, it's there in Shalach Amivi Avduni. 
I, I won't let them go yet. There's, there is, uh, ah, the, the beginning of our parsha. this is what I was, what, what I want to find. The beginning of our parsha. and Elon's correct, is I, I won't let them go. Again, it's on my terms. I'm, 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 I'm calling the shots. But look, Mamish, at the beginning of this week's parsha. it's there, black and white. Parakut Pazik Gimel, Vayavoy, Moshe, Varno, Paravayim, Elov, Koyamar, Hashem, Elokeo, Vrim, so says Hashem, the God of the Jews. Admosai me anto, till, how long are you going to refuse to what? To let them go? How long are you going to refuse? Le annois mi ponoi. To push it be nichnat to me. To be moida that you're not perfect. To admit that you're not a God. To admit that that I'm really the only one that's perfect. I'm the only one that's flawless. Admosai me anto, le annois, to humble yourself before me. To to um to uh to to, to submit, submit yourself to me to humble yourself before me. Kitaguma Liskano to be Nichna to be Nichna Shkoyh Bari to be Nichna to be Nichna Bumikzeris Oni me antalios oni vishofel mi panai to be to submit yourself to my authority. This is what Paras refusing to do the whole the whole way through. He has to call the shots. He's setting the terms. This is what the makas are all about, and every makah is really comprised of a, a set of three, 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 and three. Each set of three is a full set that he was supposed to be able to let them go. One, two, three didn't work. Okay, four, five, six. We're upping the ante. Is one, two, three on a higher level? Seven, eight, nine. Is one, two, three, and four, five, six jacking up the volume and the intensity even higher? Each set of makas, which is there for power to be nichna, for power to pull himself back and admit that he's not that ultimate authority, begins at the Nile. It begins at the Eor. The Makas begin at the Eor, and each set begins at the Eor. Why specifically the Eor? Because this is where you find power in the morning. Why is this where you find power in the morning? Because this is when power has to take care of his daily needs. This is the one place where you can get Paro, where there's a little bit of that opening, where power is caught in the act of not being a god. Where power is actually caught in the act of someone who is clear, displayed, and demonstrated someone who's not a god, who's not someone who's flawless, who's not someone who is perfect. This is the one place where there's any, any hope, any hope to catch Paro in a frame of mind to be able to be nichnat HaKadosh Baruch and say, Rebunisham, I accept your authority, you're right. I, I back down from my gaiva, I back down from my persistence in, in, in declaring myself a god and calling the shots. There's going to be one, any hope to get Paro to, to, to do what he needs to do, to let the Yidin go, which is to be Nichna to God. It's going to get him to, be, to get him at that one momentary snapshot, that one frame in time where he is presented as not being a God and he realizes that he's not a God. And that's very early in the morning when he goes to the bathroom. That is where every set of Makkas begins. Now, it, so it's not just about that's where you'll find him. Which is how we approach this Rashi. Pashupshat, Pashupshat. When we read that Rashi, Hashkem Abayker say Likras Paro Hayyoro is Hakadosh Baruch giving Moshe directions. You want to find Paro in the early morning. That's where you'll find him. It's much more than that's when you're going to find him. This is Dafka, the right setting wherein to give Paro the Hasra about the Makkas, because the whole system of the Makkas is all about making it clear to Paro that you have to admit that you're flawed. You have to admit that you're imperfect. You have to admit that there's an authority above you that you have to submit yourself to. And the one place you can get that done, one place you can get through the power is by the Yor, when he is in the, when he is exhibited as napping a god. <clears throat> that's, where, that's why the first, fourth, and seventh Makkah begin over there. Only those three, because that's where we're really beginning the Makkahs. Time, again, and again, and again, each set of Makkahs begins over there. <clears throat> why is it that 
It's only going to the bathroom. The power has to cl- cloud and cloak in disguise, nothing else. He said, you know, there's lots of things that Pyro, um, that we don't find, Chazal never tells us anywhere that Pyro had to sneak off to have lunch, to have supper. We don't find that anywhere. The gods don't need to eat. The gods don't need to eat. Why is it going to the bathroom is what he has to disguise, but all these other activities doesn't have to disguise? Terz is, it's not so much that power needs to disguise engaging and indulging in human behavior. But Paro has to disguise exactly what we're saying. It's this exact idea. He has to disguise and hide being imperfect and being flawed. And that's what it means to be a Baal again. A Baal can't admit that he's wrong. A Baal can't admit that, you know, I threw an interception. I threw a bad pass. Why did you catch that pass? Well, I didn't catch it because... The receiver was on this side and the pass was on the other side. Okay, but you should have still run to go get it. When, when the quarterback gets really upset, that's, that's someone who can't admit that he's flawed. Someone that can't admit that he made any mistakes. Someone that can't admit that he's imperfect. It's not so much that Pyro has to disguise mortal activities, but Pyro has to disguise things that what? Make it very clear that he's flawed, that he's chaser. Eating, Rabbi Isai, eating is not necessarily something that shows that we're chaser. What shows that you're chaser? If you don't eat for like a week or two weeks and then you die, that shows that you're imperfect, right? That shows that you're flawed. But having a burger, does eating a burger show that you're flawed? The act of eating, in and of itself, does that show that you're imperfect? No. What's the biggest proof that eating itself doesn't show that we're... What, 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 what would it mean that eating shows that you're flawed, that you're imperfect, that you're mortal, that you're a buster for dumb? The fact that if you don't eat, you're going to die, Right? That's what shows that, oh, eating shows that I'm flawed, I'm chaser, I'm imperfect. But eating, most of the time, doesn't show that. And the biggest proof is the fact that what? Eat in public? The quantities. When we go out to eat, Rabbi Yisai, we go out to eat. Are we very careful to order exactly what we need to fill us up and then we stop ordering? Are we very careful. When, when they bring out, when we go out to a simcha, Go to a chasna where they have a good smorg, a good smorg, right? Are we, are we, are we, we're, we're measuring all those pieces of the Chinese chicken and, 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 and the um, pepper steak and the rice. Well, I already, you know, I only needed for the smorg, I'm going to have the smorg, I'm going to have the main dish, and I'm going to have the dessert table. I have allocated 590 calories for the smorg, uh, 1,100 calories for the main course, and I'll give myself another 250 calories for the, for the dessert table. So that, that's three pieces of chicken, a little bit of rice. Nobody goes. If, you, if that's how you have to think, you don't, you don't go to fasts. You don't go. It's just torture. It's torture, right? Maybe, maybe we stop at the sixth or the seventh time, you know, when, when they already get to know us on, on a first-name basis, that guy who's cutting up the, the corned beef, when he already knows us on a first-name basis, that's when we will stop going. Or when they sh- start showing the lights off, when they start taking the chafing dishes away. With, wait, wait, one second, one second, right? I found the guy with the chafing dish. Okay, then finally they put it away. But we routinely, we routinely eat more than we need to eat. Routinely. That shows that we're flawed, that we're chaser, that, that we're fallible. No, that we love to eat. Eating is geschmack. Eating is geschmack. I don't know, eating is geschmack, no? If it was just about being mashed with marchesrinus, so we would stop, with, we would measure at exactly how much chicken, we wouldn't chase the guy with the chafing dish when they put it away and the smorgasover, we'd be very, very happy. 
But we don't do that. We, 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 we load our plate again and again. We find conveniently, we hide all those dirty plates. Nobody sees, you know, keeps track of how many plates and how many forks we took. Baruch Hashem by the chasins. Baruch Hashem, they always have clean plates. They always have clean forks. Chaz de Hashem, right? So nobody knows how many plates and forks you took. Because eating is geschmack. It's not something you have to hide. Not something that shows that you're chaser be'etzim. Going to the bathroom shows that you're chaser. Be'etzim! The act of having to relieve oneself shows that you're chaser. It shows that you're flawed. It shows that your body can't make perfect use of everything that goes into your body. And there's no two ways about it. In, what's going to the bathroom in Lumdus? Yeah, it's okay to say such a line. What's, what's, what's going to the bathroom in Lumdus? What's the Lumdus going to the bathroom? It's a dis- demonstration, a display, a statement to the whole world that your body is not perfect. can't make perfect use of everything that goes inside your body. Your body is flawed. Your body is chaser. It's not so much the paro has to hide mortal activities, power has to hide activities that make it clear that he is chaser, that he's flawed because of his geus, because he's a balgaiva. And the whole ma'arechus, the whole system is he has to start with the ma'arechus, was to break that for him to be not nichna. This is what the ma'arechus are all about. This is why each triplet, which is a new set of ma'arechus, a new system of ma'arechus, starts by the or. Dafka, the place the power has to hide. Dafka, the activity the power has to disguise. Dafka, the one place where power is maybe going to be receptive to hearing that there's a greater authority that he has to submit himself to. That's where Moshe has to find him. And that's why Dafka, those three makas, that he goes to the or, and yet even all that didn't work. And we have to smash power to pieces when it comes to Kriyas Yamsuf and Makas Bukhariz. Okay, thank you all for joining, Rabbi Yisai. We should be Zoycha. To, to, to be on our case, but always to avoid the trap of the Balgaiva. Remember, the, guy, the Balgaiva is the guy who can't admit that he's flawed, can't admit that he's imperfect, can't say, I'm sorry. Hashem should save us from such dangers. Amen.